What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I am in the studio with Rosie. <laughs> Was that like your uh, record scratch? I don't know what it Rosie. Because you're just talking about the old ones and twos, right? The ones and twos, The bluegrass ones and twos. For the background, I just... Literally, before we hit record, I was telling Rosie how I worked for like a week at a bluegrass radio station, AM radio station, and they spun records. Mm-hmm. That's so, how old you are. That's how old, <laughs> no, yeah. that's how old they were. Oh, that's true. The tower was in the parking lot. Like the radio <laughs> tower was in the parking lot. Uh, you know what's funny? I, I'll, I'll tell since – I don't know if you've ever known this about me. I don't know. But it came up recently uh, at work. There, I've had a lot of jobs, a lot of different <laughs> jobs. And the, a fact that surprises people for about s- two months, like six to eight weeks after uh, the summer after I graduated high school, I worked at an international airport as a wing walker. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about that? No. <laughs> you know, the, and the wing walkers are the people that stand out on the tarmac with the, uh, oh, the, the like, glow stick things. Yeah. <laughs> Little, like, light. light yeah, the light uh, posts. And they, they're showing the... Um, uh, the pilot. The pilot, yeah, because they can't see the wingspan. Oh. So you're directing them to like come back or go to the left when they're... Pulling into the pull, gate. they don't have rear view mirrors. Right. Like, <laughs> so they have to look at you and you tell them so you don't hit the, um, the gates. Oh, cool. Yeah. Was that, then, were you nervous? Like how much training did you have to get for that? Like a day. A day? <laughs> In class. <laughs> that makes you feel really safe. Oh, you should never trust anything at the airport. So I'll tell you, I, I was 18 because I just graduated high school. We got drunk every day. Oh, great. Because I worked with all these North Africans. And uh, this was before I got sober, obviously. And we would just go, there's some other guy. Somehow, I think his dad knew my dad. It was something that we didn't know each other. And then when we were in class uh, at, at training, I had mentioned to like... My parents, sorry, to mean his mic. Uh, like, oh, there's this guy in my class who's maybe a year or two older than me. And they're like, oh, that name sounds familiar. I think I know. Right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so the two of us, we would pay these North African guys, like, on breaks to go to the duty-free store and buy alcohol for us. <laughs> and then we just drink it, which is not good on, in the summer in the yeah, tarmac. I was going to say. Yeah. It's not good in general yeah. that the guy directing the plane yeah. full of people yeah. is drunk. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with, like, uh, dr- I, I got to drive the little thing that pushes the airplane back. Oh, right. Yeah. The, so, the car? The yeah, little, the little car that little... pushes <laughs> the huge <laughs> And... People tossed luggage like it's nobody's <laughs> business. Like I've seen them do that. Nobody cares about it. Yeah, um, especially if it's fragile. Like nobody cares. Um, yeah, I watched my snowboard one time. I flew out to Wyoming and I watched my snowboard in Salt Lake. We had a layover and not a layover. We had to change planes in Salt Lake, and so they were taking all of the luggage off. And the loot, the dude literally took my sno- brand new snowboard because I was going to Wyoming, you know, and he pulled it out of the thing and like threw it up onto this conveyor belt. It bounced off the conveyor belt and went right over the other side mm-hmm. and laid there for, and they finished all the luggage and then they, someone noticed it. And so they threw it up on there at the last minute. So it was like the first thing to come off, but yeah. I was so mad. Cause oh, I yeah. just, it was in a, it was in a, like a bag, yeah. but still it's like brand new. I literally yeah. it was brand new. Yeah. I was so pissed. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't care about the luggage. No, that's a pretty cool job. Yeah, yeah, 
um yeah so i was an am radio bluegrass dj knew nothing about bluegrass yeah and or DJing. <laughs> yeah, and I worked at the... Uh, you worked at the airport. At, at a very large airport. Really large, yeah. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. Do I? It's one, the closest yeah. international airport. Oh, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, so what do you know, man? Oh, hey. Um, did you know that in... Uh, so in February 2014, a 55-gallon drum of radioactive waste burst open inside... Um, America's only nuclear dump. And the reason was because they used the wrong kitty litter. <laughs> I don't even know, like, how did, how would that work? So check this out. All right. So it says cat litter has been used for years to dispose of nuclear waste. Dump it into a drum of sludge and it will stabilize volatile radioactive chemicals. The litter prevents it from reacting with the environment. And it said... Um, this is what the contractors were doing at Los Alamos, where they were packing Cold War era waste for shipment to the dump. But at some point, they decided to make the switch from clay to organic. <laughs> so the uh, organic litter is made out of plant material, which is full of chemical compounds that react with nuclear waste. Oh. So they were trying to be more environmentally friendly yeah. by going to organic <laughs> and caused like all... <laughs> So the nuclear reactions. So something happened with that particular batch of kitty litter, I guess. Yeah, it and said it, um, 500 drums. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. Nuclear waste. Yeah. Wow. So that's hmm. funny. Anyway, if anyone doesn't know this, and you're living in a place, maybe here's a pro tip for you. If you never heard this before, yeah. Um, if you're in a place where there's a lot of snow, mm-hmm. use. Like, you should go and buy, like, a bag of kitty litter and keep it in, like, your car. Because if you – it is amazing at melting uh, ice. Oh, really? Because it absorbs, like, faster and better than salt. Oh, interesting. And it doesn't leave debris. Like, it, it'll all melt so quickly. Um, and it, it doesn't ruin your car. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like, salt will just corrode. Right, and yeah. That, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, so. Dude, that's a good did you know. That's a value did you know. There you go. So not only does it – suppress the the poops and peas of your felines yeah it controls nuclear waste <laughs> and melts snow yeah maybe kitty litter is the answer to everything yeah <laughs> i agree could be Me- meow mix <laughs> oh wait no that's the that's food. food yeah what's the kitty litter brands oh there's so many um i don't know well don't if you want to sponsor us i need kitty litter i got two kitties you, you got two cats that's right you could yeah, if any of the anybody of you executives fresh step or something fresh like that. Step, yeah, if you're it. listening, Rosie has two cats, we would we'll give you all the advertising you need. Yep. Um we'll do did you knows around. I'll work it into every single episode, I <laughs> <Right>. promise. <laughs> uh, we tried the that. refreshing taste of Coke Zero. That's right. it's been four years <laughs> and they still years. haven't they haven't I've still had to buy my own Coke Zeros. Yeah. Probably giving myself cancer. Yeah. So everything is though. Right. All right, well sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. Right after this. <laughs> You're listening to the All Out War podcast. <laughs> Every time I get you, <laughs> I actually wait to hit the. No, I did that on purpose. Oh, did I, I watched your fingers hit the. 
<laughs> if, for those that don't know, we don't have cameras, but every time Rosie hits his uh, vape, n- yeah, vape, uh, I always unmute the mics as <laughs> the timing is wrong. Yeah, it is just nicotine too. Just so you guys know, it's definitely not smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. Yeah. Yep, that's right. No <laughs> drugs. No drugs. Just. Just uh, nicotine and caffeine yeah. and uh, whatever's in these. Well, actually, drinks. both are good for you. Caffeine and nicotine. Yeah, like pure. Uh, there is. They are like. Um, what do they call? Is that what your dealer told neurotropes. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, like uh, pure tobacco does have a lot of health benefits. I'm not prepared to talk <laughs> about it, but no, seriously, right. like uh, that's why it's used as like medicinal medicine in ancient cultures. So they would like take a tobacco leaf and like wrap it on a cut. <laughs> I don't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I looked up the the healing properties. I'm not even kidding. Like when we were kids, put leaves on you know, it. Yeah, <laughs> you get a, you scrape your knee. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. God provides, right? No, it, it, there is there is yeah. natural, all kinds of natural remedies that we probably don't even know about. We've forgotten. Yeah, I just saw some post about how uh, the healing. Um, Nootropics, mm. you know how they always talk about like uh, vitamins for your brain. You know, like super alpha brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Alex Jones's. Yeah, um, I yeah, think Gavin, Rogan has one too. Yeah, no, um, no his is alpha brain. I think yeah. uh, super male vitality. It's <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones's. That's like a gas station. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get it. Yeah, those uh, <laughs> the gas station boner pills. <laughs> the boner pills. <laughs> <laughs> they're a real thing i didn't think those were real until they are I, I know i was traveling we had to stop and it was a truck stop mm-hmm. it was like in like florida or somewhere on the way to florida and, and uh it was a legit like ta service yeah, truck yeah, stop yeah. Or whatever. go take showers and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they sold like cbs and you could even buy like a front bumper for yeah, your rig or yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a chrome bumper I, i've stopped at a couple of those and i've eaten at buffets in a couple of those <laughs> yeah. up in pennsylvania i think there's one and it had a good buffet. Yeah, and they sell the boner pills in the <laughs> on, literally like right there. I'm like hydrized to my kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean they have them at the Seven Elevens here. I oh, do think. they really? Yeah, I don't see. I don't go into Seven Eleven or any of the. Gas I get stations. gas, but I don't go in. I just get my oh, gas and go. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't do convenience stores or yeah. fast food or anything like that. Really, I. I yeah, maybe we should do. <laughs> I was gonna say they don't work. <laughs> they don't work. <laughs> I've that, never tried them, but I was going to say from experience. I, no, no, I've heard friends tell me that they don't work. Uh, fortunately, I'm pretty good. I don't need any help, so we're yeah. we're all good to go. Um, <laughs> so this is an episode we're going to be talking about. Uh, I don't even know what we should title this because uh, we were just it's it's one another <laughs> one of those conversations before the record. And now we're into it, and like we were having such a good conversation about, it, like we should just hit record and talk well, about this. And what was funny is. Uh, I told you when I was driving on the way here, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, I bet we're going to have a conversation. It's, we're not going to end up doing what we're going to do. Yeah. And then I told you that, and you're like, I was thinking the same thing. I was. It's, <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. My wife and I listened to our last episode yeah. with the um, Paranormal Primates, Primates, and she hadn't heard it. And we were howling. We, we we had to drive. We had my work Christmas party, and yeah. it was like an hour away. So we listened to part of it on the way out, and part of it, listened to the rest of it on the way yeah. home. And she we was laughing so hard, and and um, so it's literally fresh. I lis- literally listened to that yeah. last night. It's fresh in my mind, and I knew you and I were talking about recording the next chapter for a private podcast. 
And I was kind of like, I need a break before we yeah, go yeah. into it. Um, I was thinking the same to thing. To kind of forget a little bit so that it'll be, when we read it again, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, so then that's one of the reasons I was kind of thinking mm -hmm. about it. And uh, we kind of mapped out the, it's for the, it's right, it's December of 2022. And it just start. it's what today's like the fourth. Yeah, the fourth of December. So when we're recording this in 2022, and so we were talking about like, what's the rest of the year going to look like? Mm -hmm. We might get one more episode in before the end of the year, just because of, of what's going on in our lives personally and stuff and uh, just the holidays. But um, so I'm glad this one kind of came up the way yeah. it is. So I asked you this question to kick it off. And the question was, that I had for you was like, do you think that all all of media is conspiratorial, like together, working together? And then it kind of spiraled into like the Gutenberg press and like where media began and the Bible and the writings in the Bible <laughs> and spells. And so we just, let's, let's just kind of recap some of our conversation sure. based on that. And um, so you had done, you, you quickly Googled or whatever, <laughs> DuckDuck, I don't know, what, what do you use, I do, by the way? I, I do not use DuckDuckGo. What do you use? Google. Google. I use Brave. <laughs> um, um, that's what I just use. I just use the Brave browser and you just search. Yeah. I, I don't think, know what their engine is, though. I can't remember who, what Brave's browser is. Um, I want to say that they, well, I guess just for the sake of going into this, I, I don't know if I've talked about this before but on air rather is DuckDuckGo a I just remember reading within the last month or so another article that came out that they're selling people's data oh great so they so got they bought, all do then yeah they got bought by an advertising company I want to say like a year or two ago hmm. I want to say I, I want to say yeah. don't hold me to that I'm just talking out my butt right yeah. now um, you really are yeah. <laughs> um, but DuckDuckGo, basically all they do is act as like a proxy to your search. Right. So that so all they do is ask Google a question for you. Right. So it's not coming from right. you. It's right. like me asking you to Google search something. Right, and right, right. Yeah. So it acts as an intermediary. Yeah. Um, because Google is one of the only um, web indexing websites. Right. Uh, or platform uh, technologies, whatever the proper terminology is. And uh, a web index is actually, they go and s basically keep a record of, it would be like a, a phone book or a directory of everyone's name and address. Like, so if I want to know where Turner is at, you're, you have an address. And right. so I make note of that. And then anytime someone asks me, hey, how do I go see Turner? I say, here's their address. And then I connect you to them. Yeah. Um, so DuckDuckGo doesn't actually do any of their own search. And that's a super right. generalized. I, no, you, you're right. You, you've, got the, you've got the phone book and I'm coming right. and I'm you're saying, You're coming hey, to me, yeah. hey, and I'm just connecting you yeah. to. DuckDuckGo just act, is, again, it's just acting Middle as a man. step to ask yeah. me who the directory is. Uh, Bing does their own web indexing. Right. So that's why you'll get different search results. Right. Um, Bing is owned by Microsoft. Right. Uh, there's Gates. one that's the one that I would recommend to anyone who actually wants non-biased uh, results. Startpage.com is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, Yandex, 
The index. Uh, oh, that's the Russian, Russian one. one. Yeah. And there's another one. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, uh, but there's other ways that require a little bit more uh, setup technology, but there's other good options out there if you really care about unfiltered results. Um, but start page and, and this is the, the reason index. the reason why is that we're even mentioning that is because exactly like what my main question was like is all media <laughs> is media writing controlled uh, is yeah. it convoluted like is, is it conspiratorial and working together yeah and so yes yeah, so when when you had asked me that uh the first thing that i thought about was <laughs> maybe this is pulling back the curtain a little bit of how rosie thinks my first thing was I've been on this kick about how writing is evil <laughs> and uh, or how it ties into spells and all this other kind of stuff that I've, right. I, I don't even know if I've said it in passing on here. It's just been this idea that's been the past year, 18 months, trying to figure out stuff off and on, uh, just this overarching ideas of thinking about. And the other one was, okay, let's look at technologies of how it actually plays out. So one's like this abstract uh, spiritual aspect and one's like a very practical yeah. um, th thing. So what was interesting is I just, I was trying to find out to answer your question was, okay, we know Gutenberg was the first one who's credited as uh, inventing the printing press as a technology, at least in the Western world. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't remember a lot about him in particular. And I did did remember that he wasn't like a rich guy, him precisely. Right. And so I looked up uh, who funded him was basically where I started. Who, but, who financed Gutenberg's and his press. Exactly. But yeah. what was interesting in trying to find that is uh, I found a article from history.com, so the History Channel, take that for what it's worth, um, about the history of the printing press. So who owns History Channel? <laughs> yeah, right, that's exactly what, who it is. We got to keep we got to keep going down those trails. Yeah, and I I think that is one thing. Maybe this kind of ties into a different conversation we were having, um, in kind of a more abstract way of that. It's okay to just be satisfied with certain answers, um, and I'm thinking kind of ahead at the end, like the conclusion that we may draw from this or someone may take from this conversation that they're listening to us talk about is, well, if everything's screwed and everything is controlled, then I can't trust anything and I have no basis for anything to believe in. So I'm just going to question everything. You know, this idea of, well, if, if every single again, institution or right. every media group is ultimately owned by this person who's owned by this person. You can, uh, you know, connect all these dots ad infinitum. Um, it's all going to end up being some rich guy who is probably not a Christian and probably doesn't, you know, tries, trust Christ for his uh, salvation. Yeah. So you could always make the point in the conspiratorial minds, you know, the realms of people who are listening to this is I can't trust anything. And I just want to make it sh make sure that people are listening here that just because we may start talking about in an abstract way about writing, and I might say some really crazy stuff that I believe or don't believe or whatever, um, that's why it's so important to have a foundation. And 
I don't want anyone to ever take anything away close to the idea that the Bible cannot be trusted, that the Bible has been co-opted in some way, that there's any kind of writings that were transmissions. Yeah. Like that you have to have that as a basis. That because that is true. There's there hasn't been any tampering with the Bible. Right. The Bible is the word of God. And I, I just want that to be like I don't want people to say, you know, st- start talking about writing. Right. And then so, them go back and question the Bible itself. Yeah. And we'll get to, we'll get to that point, but I guess my the reason I asked that question is yeah. it all clear? because um I think one of the things that like do you remember like Project Mockingbird? Yeah. You know, and you've seen that that um clip going around where it's all the news channels and they're all like saying same the exact. exact same thing and it's like literally like yeah. it echoes and it's like multiplied. And then I was like, man, like how much am I seeing and consuming or just even on the internet, like even on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And how much of that is actually genuine? Like, I think the people behind the accounts are genuine. I've interacted with a lot of them and they're probably not bots. Oh, I would disagree, but go ahead. No, not the way the conversations I've had, unless it's someone manning it, like they're sitting there like pretending to be that person. That could very well be. I don't give a lot of private information yeah. out. So, but, um, but my point is, is that, um, are they feeding, are they creating content to push a direction and feeding it into the, because a lot of this like kind of goes into this, like we've been, like the world's been paying attention to Yee lately with all of his anti-Semitic stuff that he talks about and his loving Hitler and like lately, and then he's wearing the weird ski mask and it just seems like a big giant psyop to me. Like, Like I'm like, what in the world? Or Ukraine. Like you know, uh, Zelensky and mm-hmm. people giving him money, and he's this this hat in hand leader that's like brave, but mm-hmm. needs everything. I and mean, he's gotten more money than our than some other country, like multiple countries' GP, GDP, mm-hmm. you know, given to him with no accountability. Right, yeah. but yet he still somehow needs money. Like I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, because there's there's only like what thirteen million people or something like that yeah. left in the country. Right, right. <laughs> it's really low number. So. That's another whole other story, but I guess what I'm what I was getting at was: is it all always been that way? And you and I were I was asking, like, do you think that like the Hearst family who owns newspapers and you know back in the like I think they were in the 30s and 40s, maybe even earlier than that, maybe the 1920s, um, were They're probably yeah earlier than that I would assume. Yeah, and do these were they always working together? Were they always controlling the narrative? And you know, were they always trying to push the American, I'm thinking the West in particular, like push the American population into a particular mindset. And we know Mockingbird is a real thing, Mm -hmm. you know, operation. So we know that they've attempted and at some levels accomplished that. We saw that with the COVID narrative, like way, Mm -hmm. way, like what's crazy is like, um, I'll watch a show with my wife, we'll watch something on TV and um i'll pick up on something i'll see something and it's like um i don't see as much as i wish i would see but in a way i'm glad because it ruins it but i'll see something like uh illuminati symbolism or some kind or something and uh like oh i'll give you an example we were watching this show on on apple tv um recently and um 
I'm trying to think of the name of the program. The one with Ben Stiller, right? No, this one. Ted Lasso? We did watch Ted Lasso. And there's actually, surprisingly, there's some stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I was like really I surprised. You me about that. But uh, uh, it was called Mosquito Coast. Okay. And we're in like the third or fourth episode. So I'm, it's still developing. But I did notice that on this one episode, they kept showing this monarch butterfly flying. And mm. it was like, I'm like, it was just like in, like in the middle of the night. Who sees butterflies at night, number one? Yeah. In downtown LA, like in the worst part of LA. Like who, where do you, and then they were walking through the desert and there was a monarch butterfly flying over a mm-hmm. dead carcass of a of a horse. And like just this monarch kept reappearing throughout the whole, it was probably actually two episodes. And um, I was like that, so like the, the monarch, mm-hmm. we know that that butter, the butterfly means certain things in the esoteric and um, symbolism for the occult and things like that. And in particular, the monarch, which is another government uh, thing. You know, we talk about- Operate, uh, Project Monarch. Project Monarch, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the MK Ultra stuff. Right, yeah. So I just was like, I was like holding my tongue, but I was like, oh yeah. yeah. And, and um, it was very subtle, mm-hmm. but it was there and it was laced throughout the program. And so my whole point in, in this is that, um, has this been, is this, is this literally- f- webbed into every aspect of everything we're seeing and um it, like how do we discern how do we yeah and then you were like yeah well, well the writing you started sharing me with you about writing and like your whole your whole thoughts on that and so anyways that was kind of what kicked off yeah yeah 20 and, minutes into this thing now <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, i just yeah the whole point that i was going into with uh, having questioning everything is to just reiterate that uh, the word of God is unchanging. Yeah, like, yeah. And that, that's what I meant is because we're going to start going into stuff that makes people think, oh, I should question everything. And we've been seeing a lot of people recently. I think this is an overall trend. I, I don't even know if I can – I don't know what I consider myself or call myself in the the, the truth-seeking community or what I, – I, I don't use any of those terms. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm a Christian, um, <laughs> but like in, there's been these waves of, um, d- deception into either Gnosticism or, uh, Hebrew roots, Torahism stuff. And I think one of them is for the more progressive people. And one of them is for the more traditional people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I see this trend happening um, in particular, I'll just uh, talk about the Torahism. Is it feels like it comes from a genuine place of wanting to? I'll say there's two ideas. One I think is from a genuine place of wanting to dig more into scripture, and then they get uh, co-opted, and you start finding some bad information from people who are deliberately trying to push an agenda, which is an anti-Christian one that is trying to move genuine Christians out of a place of grace mm-hmm. um, and ultimately to reject Christianity and become Jewish. Yeah. It's um, cultic tec- tactics, actually. Totally cult. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other aspect is people who we were talking about, uh, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the person who uh, you start getting, uh, I don't know the term, waking up or you start becoming aware of all of these things or the weird stuff, conspiratorial, whatever you want to say and so you you start questioning everything and you're just absorbing all there's so much information out yeah, there yeah 
and you're trying to discern, and especially if you're a newer Christian or you don't have strong gift of discernment, or maybe you're just kind of ignoring it when it comes to this, yeah, because there's ju- you're just over absorbed by this information, is that you'll just completely come across again some other bad actors who are putting out information that make you question that seem to be along the same lines of information that you're getting about other groups. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm learning about the Federal Reserve and the founding of the Federal Reserve. It has all this evil stuff behind it. Or I'm learning about these secret societies and there's these hidden codes and all this other stuff and you have to question all these things. And then you find some information from some like jackass bozo who doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) And he's like, oh yeah, Jesus Christ never existed, blah, 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 blah. It's all Gnostic like... Right. This or Christianity is a is or or the a, way he words it though. So like he words it's it's very similar to the way uh, Satan worked in the garden. Yeah, you know it, he repeats what God says, but in a twisted manner and right. not completely. So it's partial truth, which is worse than a lie in a lot of ways. Right, an outright lie is better than a partial truth because a partial truth actually you will grab onto because mm-hmm. there's parts of it that are. That in, especially in Adam and Eve's case, they actually heard God say, they just didn't remember it correctly, yeah. and uh, and they were deceived. But so it somehow that partial truth finds its way in your, it's into your algorithm, yeah. whether it be a spiritual life or whether it be on Instagram, you know, in reality or whatever. Yeah. And and that partial truth is interesting enough that it yeah. pulls you in, and then next thing you know, you're down that rabbit hole. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Is that you start questioning things that it, I'll just say it outright. Christianity has been under attack literally since the inception right. of it, the beginning, from the beginning. Yeah, and it has never let off. Like the the persecution of the church in well, the birth of Christ, every single aspect. That, yeah, every single aspect. Yeah, since the beginning of the birth of the church, since you know. Jesus ascended like immediately no, after that from the birth before. of Christ yeah. they tried to Herod tried to kill all the babies right. under 2 years old yeah. after he had found out that Christ had been born right so even before the birth of the church yeah, yeah. is so that being said I just that when you realize that no other institution no other belief system no other anything nothing nothing ever other, I want to say no other truth, but there is no other truth in the same way. Right. Uh, because there's one Christianity truth. is the only truth. Right. Um, nothing else, no other aspect of anything else has ever come close to the scrutiny and attack that Christianity has, that the Word of God has, that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has ever had. Yeah. And they've never, like, here's the biggest thing. They've been attacking it for 2000 years and it still is growing and thriving um anything that's had its entire existence threatened existentially on every single level of every single aspect of it and it withstand nothing nothing has ever withstood that long right right of that amount of scrutiny yeah so it's true so i just wanted to like preface we just i i felt like it was very important to make sure so if you are like new into this or you're hearing stuff uh again right now we, we've it's funny because we've been talking we've been doing this podcast long enough 
yeah, almost five years now. Wow. Is it? Yeah. I yeah. So. Almost. <laughs> it's been like four and a half, five years. Yeah. Is it's funny to be able to, from, I guess, just, I don't, I hate using these terms of putting myself we've been witnessing the realms that we wander in, you know, yeah. like the, these kind of things, the conspiratorial realms or whatever. And first there was like this wave of like Gnosticism. And I don't think these are new. I think they just, you know, the devil's like throw in the Gnosticism. And now he's like, <laughs> throw in the Hebrew root stuff. Yeah. Throw and in the, the Judaizers. Yeah. Throw in the, the, it just, yeah. you know, just replicates or just switches, right. goes back and forth. Um, but it went from like this love and light with the QAnon stuff mm -hmm. that was really new agey and Gnostic. Age of Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You saw that kind of rise and that's kind of fallen. Mm -hmm. And in its place of like deceiving, I think, genuine Christians. And now it's been this Hebrew root stuff that is, again, it's all attacking Christianity. And so that's the only reason I just felt important to reiterate before we get into this. Yeah. Again, that if you start getting diving into this and when we start talking about you know the idea that I, I yeah so you asked the question of has media always been contrived and been used to push an agenda i think so yeah yeah i would say so um and i would go a step further and you know say <laughs> go crazy and uh you know the act of writing and media as a whole and all this kind of stuff is just very bad and and is evil um but at the same time, you know, like looking up, okay, let's just move. I don't know how to like stop that and then move into next place. So I'm just yeah, going to move into just it. Just segue in. Yeah. So here's my good segue. So when I started looking into the, the Gutenberg press, so again, history.com said that there was, uh, it says no one knows when the first printing press was invented or who invented it, but the oldest known printed text originated, originated in China China during the first millennium AD. China. Yeah. So first millennium. Yeah. AD. So it said uh cool. the next one hmm. is the Diamond Sutra, a Buddhist text hmm. from Donghuang, <laughs> China, from around eight sixty eight AD during the Tang Dynasty. Um is said to known is said to be the oldest known printed book. It was used uh with wood text or whatever. And then I'm just going to skip because there's a bunch of Chinese people. Um, in Europe, the printing press did not appear until 150 years after Wang Cheng's <laughs> Wang Chen's in innovation. Everybody Wang Chen tonight. <laughs> it said, uh, goldsmith and inventor Johannes Gutenberg was a political exile from Mainz, Germany, when he began experimenting with printing in Strasbourg, France in 1440. He returned to Mons. Several years later, and by, excuse me, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm getting hiccups. Coke Zero is kicking yeah. in. Uh, by 1450, had a printing machine perfected and ready to use commercially, the Gutenberg Press. So I will uh, say this, I don't know if it's going to mention that, but okay. I do recall learning <laughs> from school that the Bible was the first thing that the Gutenberg, Gutenberg Press actually printed. Yes. That they went after the Bible first. Yep. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, like, really cool. It said it used, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I'll just read that. Keep reading. Integral to Gutenberg's design was replacing wood with metal and printing blocks with each letter, creating the European version of movable text. 
Um, uh, this is, I thought this was kind of interesting. It said he was able to perfect the method for flattening printing paper by using a wine press. Traditionally used to press grapes for wine and mm -hmm. olives for oil, retrofitted into his printing press design. Gutenberg borrowed money from Johannes Fust to fund his project in about 1452. Uh, Fust joined Gutenberg as a partner to create books. They set about printing calendars, pamphlets, and other ephemera. In, 19, in 1452, Gutenberg produced the one book to come out of his shop, a Bible. Hmm. It is estimated he printed 180 copies of the 1,300-page Gutenberg Bible, as many as 60 of them on vellum. Each page of the Bible contained 42 lines of Gothic type with double columns and featuring some letters and colors. For the Bible, Gutenberg used 300 molded letter blocks and 50,000 sheets of paper. Many fragments of the book survived. There are 21 blah, blah, blah. So it was the first book that was actually printed, not yep. the first thing that was printed. Yeah. Yeah. And it said uh, he continued printing uh, a Latin dictionary. Um, and, and the next, uh, this guy named Peter Schofer uh, took the printing press afterwards. Mm -hmm. And after it says within two years of seizing Gutenberg's press, he produced an acclaimed version of the Book of Psalms. That featured a three-color title page and varying types within the book. So, yeah. That must have been pretty spectacular. Like, first of all, to see something printed, yeah. put in a form like that, yeah. and then color, right. too. They'd be like, yeah. man, they're used to scribes and stuff, you know, writing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, the the what's really cool is I, I'm torn between, you know, the, the beginning of the printed press was I'm going to assume, and I also made this comment with you ex at the beginning, is would I think that the printing press was a good thing? Because basically you would ask, well, who funded it? You know, like, was it was it a good thing? Right. And as a Protestant, I think that, yes, it would. Be, this was a good thing because as a result of Bibles being printed in the common tongue, that was another thing. Yep. It was able to be read by common folk and it didn't cost so much that there was only one copy that was chained up to, you know, the altar or whatever priests read from in the Catholic church is so that everyone could have access to read the Bible yeah. for themselves, interpret it. A copy of their own. Right. Yeah. And it, that led to the Protestant reformation. So it helped, as a yeah, Protestant, sure. yeah, I would say it was a good thing. If you ask a Catholic or an Orthodox, big O uh, Orthodox, they would say, I'm guessing uh, Johannes Fust or Gutenberg, they were Freemasons that were, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, this was all a plot to destroy the church, and this was an evil thing. Um, Which every, is insane to think about. Yeah, every everything gets blamed on Protestantism and trying to destroy the church. From the Catholic from the Catholic, from the Catholic of view, yeah, point yeah, of view. Of course. But yeah, so um, I think that this was, and this started the discussion further on of, uh, I think that God used the Gutenberg press to, you know, basically it, in the 1400s. So he's been seeing 1400 years of, uh, well, not that long because, you know, early church was okay. For, there was some, they had some problems, but, you know, the Catholic church didn't become codified until 
you know, the 300s or so. Yeah, three late. Right. Mid, so, uh, three, 360, this, I'll just yeah. say a thousand years okay. of the Catholic Church is ruling and reigning and all of their evil popes almost from the beginning. Like, I think it was. Well, the, they claim Peter to be the beginning right, pope. Right. That's what they claim. But. Yeah, but in actuality. Yeah, there was a there was some good ones, and then they very quickly became very bad. Right. Anyway, the whole point I'm getting at is that I think God saw a need for reformation within the evil church that was <laughs> the evil Catholic Church, which was barely a church; it was just a warlord, uh, you know, Islamic well, version. I you know, mean, it was like, Constantine Roman. It was yeah. it was co opted by the right, government. by the political. Yeah, uh, so that's what I mean. It, it didn't become a church. It was so intertwined that. It was a mob rule, you know, a, a mafia, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, who could decide uh, they'd raise up kings and they'd destroy kings. And all the popes were, uh, not all of the popes, but many of them were just having crazy sex parties and worship, you know, like some of them sacrificed to idols, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. There's, so I think, there's literal, underneath the Vatican, yeah. there's literal tunnels that have rooms that were used for sacrifices yeah and uh, two idols right yeah yeah From animal sacrifices animal sacrifices so, yeah. I, I think human sacrifices too possibly yeah i mean there's a good uh there's a bunch of bones down there too yeah there's a book uh malachi martin was a uh, jesuit priest i think he came out in like the 60s and wrote it but he, he wrote about even uh currently having human sacrifices in the vatican currently yeah back in the 60s yeah. or 50s yes. which is contemporary That's yeah contemporary um if you want to read that, it's called Hostage to the Devil, but totally opposite. <laughs> anyway, so my view on the printing press was I think God used it to as a good thing to lead to the Reformation and, you know, set his people free. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, in the same way. And so kind of going back through that, um, one of the... Uh, things that I thought was interesting and you kind of, you can hop in here is I've kind of said as uh, I'll say philosophically for myself, I hold a lot of seemingly contradictory uh, stances uh, within my own life or, you know, contradictions or whatever. Like I have a master's in uh, a computer science master's degree, a technical degree. Obviously I do technical stuff. I'm, I have, I'm pretty good with technology, more or less. At the same time, I hate technology. <laughs> I think it's evil. Um, you know, I've said that I don't think humans were intended to have technology. You know, it would include the printing press as one of those. Well, like, when you say that, though, like, technology, where do you draw the line? Because, like, what about cars? What about, like, things you know, that are helpful that are guaranteed, like, good? Like, yeah, what about guns? Protection? Well, that's technology. But I think, and I think this is where a distinction that I always said. I said I don't think humans were invented with the intention of using it. Adam and Eve had no need for, like, why would they need any tools? He wasn't originally. He wasn't. It wasn't hard for him to work in the garden, to till, you know, till the fields or, you know what I mean. So there's the perfected idea, and then I think that's what, that's what this whole idea that I'm trying to weave is. There's God's ideal, and then Him stepping in to kind of because use it, a tool the or perfected, technology. The perfected became perverted, right? Exactly. And so, then, so God will permit it and then use it. 
exactly in, in season. I get that, and and I and yeah. I can see your train of thought on that. I I don't know. I think there may have been tools in the in the garden. I I just don't. It's still a ground, even though there were no thorns and thistles. It still needed to be tilled up. So, like, what do you I, use I a think, rock? You I know? think I, I like to uh, imagine that uh, Adam would come up and and is like, "Hey, I need these. Uh, feel, I need some troughs dug, or, trenches. You know, yeah, trenches. Hey, rhinoceros, can you come over here and just use your horn and like <laughs> right. scoop it up or something? I, I kind of imagine a more magical place like that. <laughs> Completely unbiblical. Right. I mean, there's no basis for that. Right. Much in the same way of I have no basis for right, believing right. that technology, other than the fallen angels coming down and teaching. Well, that's the thing. Technology is they did. Yeah, we know that through and Enoch. One of the things in that. So I'm not just saying all this crazy stuff to say crazy stuff. He also that it talks about the angels coming down and teaching them magic, magic, yeah. And um, so to go back to this, a whole idea is, and this is where I kind of asked you. Basically, again, kind of taking back this larger idea of God's will and the ideas and the information that He wants to get across to the rest of us contemporaries, you know. Th- through the Bible, how we view it now, is that I think humans were always intent, like oral tradition was such a big thing mm-hmm. and it is so important. And it's, I'd say it's vital, not, it's not a salvific, salvation issue, a salvific issue salvific, yeah. to believe, um, you know, you don't have to believe exactly how I'm going to say it, but I think it is very important to have faith in the oral traditions of Enoch and Noah and like all these people and Moses that were writing the books, like this history, you know, if, if you would believe that during the time of uh, Moses is when Genesis was written, well, Moses wasn't around. Right. And now God, and I, I'm saying. So there's a couple theories around that. Okay. If I can kick that in. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure where I stand on it, okay. but one of them is that when Moses was on the mountain in for 40 days and 40 nights when he was up on the mountain and he was with God and he got the Ten Commandments, he also was given and told the, the, the creation story yeah, and yeah. through, you know, all the way to, to, to where. Sure. And, and also, too, uh, history before Moses would have been a lot, a lot closer to him, mm-hmm. so it would be a little bit easier. And a lot of people don't understand too, like to get from Adam to Noah, um, it's like four generations. Yeah, but it's hundreds of years. Right. And um, so, like the oral tradition, like it, you could easily. I, I used to have a um, a lineage breakdown. Yeah. And it was like to go from like from Adam to to Abraham it, it, the the story the traditional story or to Moses actually to Moses would have been um it it would have been it was pretty quick it was like six generations like right. because of the ages mm-hmm. and how it worked through i forget what it was I, don't quote me on that i have to i'd have to go find it i, I used to have a big bible timeline yeah, yeah. on my uh, wall that i bought you know it was really cool what was cool is it was it was worldwide timeline mm-hmm. so alongside of it you saw the emergence of the of the chinese people the oh, buddhists yeah. and and all that and you could see how they came through which sun from noah mm-hmm. and stuff but um one of the things that with that oral tradition was it was 
it was kind of cool. But so some people think it was just simple oral tradition, but other people think it was Moses on the mountaintop from God. And so it was, they like to lean into that because it, they feel like it's more um, authoritative. Trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's from God, but mm-hmm. we, we don't know that. And there's no record of that. Yeah. It's like Moses didn't declare that. So anyways, I just wanted to input yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no. And again, that's why I say it's not a salvation issue. But my whole point is that God used the oral tradition passed down to make sure that the information that he wanted that is useful for teaching and you yeah. know, all the things that uh, Paul says about... Timothy, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Timothy. Uh, about uh, the scriptures being useful for all these things was the first time that anything was written down was with the Ten Commandments, like you had just said, right? As far as we know in the in the Bible. Right. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. talk make any mention to writing. And so this is kind of I think where we were getting at and then we were like we, we should just record this. So <laughs> I think going from here is a, kind of a virgin territory, if you will. Like yeah. we haven't you know, flesh this out too much. This out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my idea with the the the, the power of writing um, is that I think that uh, so first of all, if you were to read it, because I, I did a Google search real quick, and I looked up the magic of writing, and I was looking for like <laughs> honestly, I was looking for a real quick like. Uh, crazy conspiracy page that was like, oh, yeah, you know, like backing me up so I can point to some examples. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Examples such as, like, you're using uh, a a pen to spell a word, you know, like even in that. Yeah, um, the pen's like a wand. The pen's like a wand and you're doing that. But the whole idea that I – sorry. So in Google searching for the magic of writing, there is a lot – and I can speak from personal experience as well. I've actually – suggested to other people that have come for other reasons, various reasons of, I've said, you know, I I don't really understand why, but I know that there is a big difference between typing out notes on your phone or your computer and physically writing it on pen and paper. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think there's a more... um, Like journaling. Mystical, yeah. But I think that there's a more, uh, like, pure spiritual sense of using a there's no intermediary medium of using a computer like a computer i'm typing with keys and i'm putting it into some silicon microchip that's using glass and lasers to reflect some character that i'm writing but i i really haven't brought it into like existence you know not in the same way of um because it's for in my eyes it's still trapped into this demonic machine you know like to not go into a whole rant about how computers and microchips are demonic um (laughs) but uh i think that there's something very spiritual about the physical act of writing of putting pen to paper and the essence behind it is you're taking um this thing that exists in your brain exists in your imagination and you're bringing it into creation. So there's the act of creation, which I think every time that there's spiritual significance with that, tying us back to the divine, you know, you're touching God. From nothing to something. From nothing to something, you know, ex nihilo. Um, 
and so I, I think, called it. I think I called it alchemy. It's like alchemy. It's yeah. alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you, so I think that is a very important thing, and I I think that's why if you read, uh, I won't. I'm trying to preface that by I don't like the way I worded that. I I I don't recommend ever reading like uh, obviously. Uh, evil books, uh, spell books, grimoires, or things like that. Right. I've read enough about grimoires and stuff from people. I'll let other people read that stuff right. and tell me what it says. <laughs> and if enough, right. if they seem trustworthy, I'll take their word for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know a lot of things that happen with, like, spiritual rituals, satanic ones or whatever, which witchcraft and stuff, involves... Um, you know, marking symbols on mm-hmm. their pages. Yeah, yeah. And that's the act of like calling up something because you're you're you know you're that symbol. saying their symbol, but you're putting it right. into reality. Gotcha. Yeah. And so there is a whole thing about writing words and this kind of this the power behind uh, writing symbols and words and creating out of nothing. Right. Um. And so I thought it was interesting, and this is where you can uh, hop in, is I was trying to figure out how we can square the two of that. The first time that God actually inscribed stuff, and I'm just going off the basis of the Bible doesn't talk about there being writing beforehand. Right, right. And so just for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to assume that they first written down things that the Bible cares about or makes mention to are the Twelve Commandments. Ten commandments. Oh my God! I'm sorry. It's eleven o'clock at night. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. slipping, um, and I wasn't prepared for this. Sorry, I should know. That's that. fine. Um, twelve tribes, ten 12 commandments. Twelve tribes. Uh, twelve steps. I always twelve I steps. Get used to saying that. There you um, go. Uh, You're right. So, but, God. so, so I, I wanted to talk about the actual, the importance, and you brought up some amazing stuff with this, of this idea of there having to be a particular time. And there is a particular set of things that had more meaning to humans. Like it's not just God saying, you know, hey, write down, you know, right. my favorite food or something like that. Maybe that's important too, but yeah, it's more important. Well, so I, I am thinking through. I, there was a uh, when Cain had a mark put on his head, his forehead. That's true. So, but I don't know what the mark was. It doesn't. We don't know if it was yeah. just a smudge or if it was like a red hair, a scratch like across his face, his head, or I think he made him a ginger. They put a big L. Yeah, they made him a ginger. Come on, man. Look, I got a. My daughter's a ginger. I know. I've got ginger in me. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, very well could have been. But but then you move into the book of Exodus and you get with Moses and that's where you see the first kind of codifying writing down mm-hmm. and. God's laws, they start with the Noahide laws, which were global. They were literally, when Noah got off the ark, God... Well, Adam. Well, yeah, there's the Adamic laws, which after he got out of the garden, they kind of, they were done. So then, because you have the law of don't eat from this tree, that tree. So they get banished. And then, then there's kind of this phase between, and then you have Noah. And then after Noah gets off the ark... There's the Noahide laws, which is he basically it's the general don't kill, keep you know, don't lie, don't steal. It's the general kind of rule of um keeping order. 
and um, we could go into those at another time. Um, but then, and then God codifies a specific group of commandments for a specific group of people, individuals, for them that he wants them to keep, and it would be for the people of Israel. And so he gives them the Ten Commandments. But he writes it on stone, which is really interesting. And it's one of the first times we see writing expressed in the Bible, which is, that's what made us think of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I always think it's, he's written with his finger, he writes in stone, which is pretty, it's it's kind of significant. Um, so in looking at it from a New Testament, from a New Covenant, you know, uh, mindset. Uh, we see the Ten Commandments. They're written on stone. They're it's like, um, they, and they get broken. The original ones get broken, which is crazy. He has to get another set, um, which is interesting to think about. But um, he writes with his own finger on the stone, and so it it wouldn't be able to be copied. It was pretty. It would be very difficult to copy the the tablets. And then, um, but we what is right? What is Christ called? He's called the rock, right? He's Jesus is a rock. And so um, he writes them on a stone, which a stone comes from a rock, right? And on these tablets. And uh, to me, it was like Christ is the only one that would be able to keep all of those commandments. So literally, he was the embodiment of those commandments for us. And then he tells us later on that I'm going to, in the new covenant, you'll be given in exchange from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. So it's not just an outward understanding of God's laws, but it would be an inward knowing of God's laws, where he would write his laws with his Holy Spirit on our hearts through conviction and conscience. And so that's how we would be able to please God through obedience would be through our conscience and our convictions. And um, and so there would the purpose of the law of the Ten Commandments written on stone was for a specific people for them to because god wanted to call them israel which means ruled by god and so he wanted them to be ruled by him as an as a witness to the rest of the world and that's why there's so much focus on the jews not only that but because messiah was going to be a jew he was going to come out of out of out of israel so he needed to establish them as a people as a nation and then he could bring messiah out but the 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 connection of Jesus being the rock, the Ten Commandments be written on on rock, and then him keeping perfectly every measure of the law without breaking it, and then uh, basically giving a new covenant with for people that would trust in the work that he did by keeping the commandments, uh, we would get a the Holy Spirit, which would give us a heart of flesh versus a heart of stone which he said, and it's funny how whenever the Bible refers to an individual, he says they have a hardened heart, you know, Pharaoh hardened his heart. It's like, it's like going from that ability to know God and his, what, what pleases them to hardening your heart to where you don't any longer uh, because your heart gets hardened. And so you can't, I think Paul likens it to being um, seared. Your conscience gets seared. So you have like a conscience that is no longer able to have feeling. The nerve endings are burned and seared, and so they don't have any ability to receive what they should receive. Um, and so that, that's an interesting just concept thinking, like what I was kind of yeah. thinking through. But another thing that I was thinking about too, Rosie, was um, we had when we had Ken on about the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, they used to write out that oral tradition after after um, you know in that the second century or second temple era Jews. 
they would read from scrolls mm -hmm. and those scrolls would be on animal skins and they would write them out and then they would preserve them and they would have to rewrite them a bunch because they would go bad and then you know some of them were on papyri and stuff but the ones that were hidden in the caves for the dead sea scrolls were excellently preserved and we have all these fragments and pieces that we can actually put together the written translated through and realize that it's exactly what we have today mm -hmm. in our modern bibles which is kind of cool mm -hmm. um, god preserved it but the other thing too is that uh in john it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and the word became flesh and dwelt among us so it's an actually think you think about it like mm -hmm. word so concept to paper and, and like jesus was the embodiment of god who it's like that alchemy of uh you know i don't want to mm -hmm. it's kind of weird because that's i don't know how people receive that word but it's like alchemy of from a thought to or like from an existence of unseen to seen mm -hmm. and expressing him his personhood of of god through jesus you know like and we so we see that uh happen the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and uh so anyways that's just kind of a crazy mindset yeah yeah and um What's funny is like this whole conversation is really hasn't touched on the <laughs> the first question that you had asked me, but w what I love about that is I think the takeaway is uh, for me, this is how I'm kind of yeah. retrospectively uh, talking about it is I think it's just so true of uh, God's nature is like what we had said. I think that there is uh, perfect intention uh, I don't want, I don't like using that word because that makes it sound like something. I don't want to say that God like messed up. Never. So I'm not, no, he never, yeah. By, by me saying his intention and then reality, I'm not saying that God is any less of doing whatever he wants. So don't take it that way. I'm just saying what I mean by that is God also allowed free will. There's also a world that, um, we were, Adam and Eve were allowed to mess up with. So in that whole divine thing, I'm, I'm not blaming God for this. So God's intention of us having, you know, lived out without, maybe we never needed to write down anything because we would have perfect memories or whatever. Getting into the printing press and how it's been abused. And I think at the same time, it's God's nature to take something that is fallen. That's the point I'm getting at is I think, technology as a whole has made our lives worse um well the irony of apple being the right apple yeah. product it's literally an apple the exactly. garden of yeah. Eden. you know it's like an it's like a oh a, yeah and there's an open you, mockery of that you know? yeah i mean if you look at like it, just for the sake of uh talking about apple which i hate apple you should not use apple products it's terrible <laughs> um anyways that's a whole other thing. But if you look at early advertisements, they straight up have like Adam and Eve and a snake like on the oh, computers. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look at like that, look up Apple, like, I think like the Apple II or Apple III advertisement with snakes. You'll find like they are open about it. Yeah. Um, and they have the rainbow that originally was the rainbow. Yeah, I remember and that. Apple, it had the shades. Um, the old Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So the, my whole point is I think that, yes, uh, from the beginning, uh, it was. You know, probably an evil intention. Obviously, if we're going to believe what history says, is the first use of a printing press was to uh, to spread Buddhist thought. So, I don't think God was doing that, right? You know what I mean. So, I think maybe that was a a, a use of 
a technology that God saved for himself. He, he permitted used, he and then redeemed. Re redeemed the technology. Yeah. So that being said, I think that's the same way that we should view media as a whole, things nowadays, is I think overall, yes, the majority of media that you're consuming is intentionally created. Um, I think that uh, intentionally created to uh, a ridiculously, uh, I'm not going to say human beings are like animals, you know, we're just monkeys and, you know, we're very simple to figure out. But I think at the same point, there is a lot that, uh, of human psychology that we, that there are certain things that we as human beings gravitate towards. So, you know, pretty colors, you know, or something like that, you know, these kind of, uh, psychological things that draw our attention or repulse us, you know, these innate things. I think are being used in psyoped, um, not just by government organizations, not just like the CIA or oh, no. you know like that advertising companies, exactly. corporations, uh, yeah, anyone that has to make money or wants power. That's basically yeah. the two things. Yeah, um, yeah, they're trying to make money or they're trying to take power, and I, I think recognizing that. So this is where. As someone who, obviously, I, I've never, I'm not going about to say, you know, but I worked in media. Yeah, uh, you did. I worked did you? in political media for five years, um, and I understand this stuff. I <laughs> you see what they permit. I, what I they see don't what permit. they permit, and there's a reason that I rail against so much media. And if you listen, follow on the Telegram, you can kind of get the picture too. Yeah. Of specific things, um, but I. Um, so I think with a discerning eye that there is uh, good things and bad things to be said about being a uh, – so what I meant by saying that kind of stuff is – so this is how someone who uh, – I absorb a lot of media, written, new, old. All, I don't really care. I'll read you know sources. I, I read a lot and I consume a lot of media. And to kind of use discernment is just realizing that everyone is pushing an agenda. Like, I think that's the easiest thing. Um, I think the other easiest thing is when you realize that agendas aren't necessarily bad either. That there can be much yeah. in the same way of, like, we do this podcast. Uh, this is not a good example, but the, our agenda behind this podcast is obviously there is an agenda. Obviously, it's to spread the word of God. Right. It's to spread the gospel. And that comes through uh, why we try to weave uh, the gospel into all yeah, of these other aspects. Biblical, yeah, biblical mindset through right. it all. Yeah, yeah, right. So obviously if you're consuming us, <laughs> if you're consuming the media that we're <laughs> producing, um, knowing where we come from, knowing that we're pre-mill dispy, you know, like something right. like that, we're going to – that should – knowing that doesn't uh, – shouldn't invalidate any of the information that we're saying but even if you disagree with us you can still get value out of it or you might learn something or you can take it and research the opposite and like oh is that really true or that challenges me how can i figure it out or i want to prove them wrong so i'm going to go try to right. read something to prove them wrong right that is i think is being a smart consumer of media 
right. is you understand that everyone is pushing some kind of agenda. Usually it's pretty easy to figure out what the agenda is. The mainstream media, like how you laid it out very perfectly, COVID, you don't have to be, you, anyone can read, you know what every single yeah, yeah. media corporation is going to push about COVID anywhere in the world. When you realize that, like, then it's okay. Right. You're right. You just yeah. know what they're doing. Um, yeah, you can see through the, the spell, if you will. Right, exactly. And this is why on our Instagram, sorry to interrupt you, no. but this is why on our Instagram, whenever I, on our story, whenever I post a news, something news related, I always put the link on. Is yeah. If I can find the link, I'm going to put the link on. In fact, I try and pre-read whatever I post so I know that what I'm, what I'm putting up is actually right. legit and not some weird clickbait or something like that. Um, that's why I try and do that because mm -hmm. I want people to be able to read it for themselves, see it for themselves and, and come to that conclusion, you yeah. know, on their own. Yeah. And, and uh, I may get slammed. People may not want to hear this, but, um, there are, there is use in actually reading mainstream. Sort yeah, yeah. Yeah. Newspapers. Course, yeah. <laughs> like I, I if anything, it tells you the temperature of what's going on, what, they, what they're trying to go towards. Yeah, very yeah. much so. But uh, the thing is, is there's oftentimes – I'll use this for uh, – <laughs> I was going to think of a good example that I had brought up. We were talking a couple months ago about something. And uh, so I'll just preface this by saying ever since I left that media company, I went – I am intentionally remaining ignorant – Right. I am not reading anything about politics anymore. I don't yeah. care about it. Um, that kind of stuff. It, the only way that I find out about current news is um, <laughs> my friends telling me about it and send it, like in group chat. So I stay right. relatively up to date, but I don't seek it out. And uh, I remember we there's something that was in the news that all I had been seeing was right wing, you know, like non-mainstream publications and i'm not talking even about like uh non-mainstream right-wing meat conning you know conservative inc like the blaze or daily wire or daily call or any of these companies you know yeah. like these it wasn't even articles from them i was reading like uh people that i you know that really were digging into you know those kind of sources where they're third level down you have the mainstream then you have like you know part openly partisan by meaning of like buzzfeed and like right, right. daily caller you know left and right and then you have all these other more independent journalists right. that are below them so just i've been seeing all these articles from these people that are supposed to be we're not conning we're not mainstream i'm just a guy you know digging into the news the whole point is I had, I had been keeping up to date from people who had only been reading these and I've only been reading articles from people because they're trustworthy. Come to find out, we were talking about an incident and I was talking with my dad and my dad was like, oh yeah, well, there's here's this all information. And I'm like, where did, I never heard anything about that. And he's like, oh yeah, it's like being reported everywhere in the news. And then I started reading back into it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I can't remember, but uh, I remember you. the conversation, but I, yeah, I can't remember exactly. Well, there's this yeah. whole thing that changed the entire story. Right. And I was like, how did, why is no one down here talking right. about all these other points? And nobody up until like 
the AP, which is, you know, the Associated Press, these very, they're the ones that basically write just the facts. Supposedly. Supposedly. Right. And then it gets disseminated at, down. But there is a whole aspect, and it turned out to be true. It's completely true. That was only getting reported in the mainstream media. But, and, but none of the... But none of the other ones. And so... Interesting. Must not have fit their narrative. It, it didn't. And it, as soon as I tell you off air, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah. Um, and so my whole point is basically it, whoever it is is going to push an agenda. And by, not, by only reading one side of it, you're not being a smart media consumer. Much like in uh, not being able to, uh, like, if you never question things about uh, other people's faith or your own faith or you don't dig into the Bible and study apologetics questions, you don't have to go all crazy, but, like, uh, we're called to, you know, pre- be prepared to defend the faith when we need to or, yeah. you know, uh, use knowledge to uh, defend what we believe in. Um, that You should take that into all aspects of everything else. Yeah. Like, where where do I view these things? And at the same time, and this is where I'll finish with how to be a safe media consumer is, you know, have a s- set of opinions or views, research why and f- for and against. Why should I believe these? Here's things that back me up. Why should I not believe them? Here's things that attack. Yeah. yeah. And then you wrestle with it and you figure out, okay, I'm, I'm – I am content with this. I understand both things. Um, and then just end it with that. That's okay. Yeah, I, like, mean, I think C.S. Lewis said like an open mind is uh, like eventually it, an open mind is useless if it never gets closed around anything. And the whole point of having a quote unquote open mind is to close it around Christ. I'm paraphrasing and expanding upon it, but right, yeah. that's the whole thing is. To, so I, I would say, um, once you learn, like, like you're talking about safe consumer or whatever, what, like once I learn to listen, like, and also too is knowing that, like, once you learn the agenda, <laughs> yeah, you can read, you can see, like, um, like I can literally, um, like it's like any, anything else. Like you have a conversation with somebody, you can tell like what they're into, right, by what they like to talk about, right. And once you realize, like, on the news or any type of these like Instagram people that you're following or whatever. Uh, once you realize what they're into, you know, like, why the angle they're coming from. Like, anyone that follows our Instagram would realize pretty quickly that we're um, about exposing the lies of Satan and the evil that is prevalent in our culture today and responding with Christ as the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty simple. So once you know that, anything that I post on Instagram, you're going to know, oh, okay, so they're coming at it from the angle of Christian mm-hmm. or conspiracy conspiracy or whatever um, but primarily Christian and um, and so I think once you get that you start to build an understanding of how to interpret what you're hearing yeah. and it does it does take a it takes a minute um, but it's so funny yeah like I'll my in-laws they are just normies as we mm-hmm. would call it right and some of my some of my in-laws are normies as as they would be called and you go and they might have the news on and it might be like mainstream msnbc or cnn or yeah. something and i hear it and like within like 30 seconds i'm just like oh goodness can you just turn it this is crazy and uh but then the same thing happens when i <laughs> put on fox yeah <laughs> so it's even harder uh yeah. to to do that 
you know. But anyways, so yeah. I am intrigued though by your um the from like your mind to paper that whole like that whole like the spell and spelling words and mm-hmm. words literally change things and uh the power behind words and writing them down and like um I, I I had like a this thing where I went through like a whole bunch of words and I found like all these words that were associated with spelling and writing and I totally can't remember like um, the, and I wasn't prepared to Well, know, I was going to say I did a when I was like younger I did a a prayer journal hmm. where I would write out my prayers every day and um and I did it for like a year and I remember I went back thumbing through and looking. Oh, yeah, that prayer was answered. That prayer yeah. was answered. That prayer. And uh, it, it was amazing to see the majority of what I wrote down was actually answered by the mm-hmm. Lord. Um, so that's kind of crazy to think about. Like, is there power in writing my prayers out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, am I connecting with God in a deeper way that I'm writing out his will through my prayers that, mm. you know, assist it coming to pass? I don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think even without thinking too much into that in the same way, uh, writing out, like, I, I think I talked about like the dream journal, like that yeah, yeah. there's thing there's practical ways at the same time. So I, I would recommend doing a prayer journal because a, I think there is something with, uh, being able to put pen to paper of like your will, because we're given the will, you know, yeah. we're, uh, we're given the d- God delights to get in giving us the desires of our heart. Yeah, yeah. And he's the one that places the desires of, on our heart in the first place. That's right. And not to get into the cyclical thing, but by putting it, you know, presently, cause I, here's the thing. I, I know that when I don't write down stuff, I forget so much. And like, Oh yeah. If I sit down and do like, uh, we have these things, uh, uh, uh the, here's a, a pro tip about writing it out is whenever I'm feeling kind of depressed or upset or these things, uh, a very good, trick is to start making lists of gratitude we call them gratitude lists mm-hmm. and it just starts off with like i'm happy you know i'm grateful for my house i'm grateful for my family and you start writing and just naming things you're grateful for it changes your mood like because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you realize oh my gosh there's so much i have to be grateful for and at the same time there's this changing i'm saying this as a universal fact almost because it's happened not to me and I wasn't the one that came up with this and I know this happens to literally every single person that this ever happens yeah like it's almost like a universal spiritual truth much in the same way that someone told me uh uh the one (laughs) the one prayer that God uh always answers and always answers quicker than you think is praying for patience. So right. if you pray for yeah. patience, that's the one that God takes very seriously. <laughs> and you should only do that. That's big boy stuff. Like, don't go <laughs> praying for patience if you really, really are not right in a position where you can handle getting your butt whooped. <laughs> um, so I think uh, writing out a gratitude list is also one of those spiritual practices that does it. Yeah. So my whole point is, I think that there's the spiritual aspect of writing down the desires listing them um bringing them into like your attention like there's something different that you uh remember them easier and it has the added benefit of you being able to go back in time because this is what i meant about not having a good memory is if i look back how many prayers uh these there's two categories of uh prayers that uh 
I remember. The ones of, I can't believe God actually, wow, that's so amazing being on the other side of when he's answered that. And the other one is, oh my God, I was such an idiot. Thank God God didn't answer, <laughs> didn't answer that one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah exactly. I think <laughs> being able to read that and going back through them and having that that realization of, oh, thank God I didn't get that or praise God I did get that yeah. um, is at both both of those ways that I just said it is setting my eyes back to God, yeah. reconnecting with him and either praising him, praising him for both ways. Yeah. So I think that there's these practical spiritual aspects to writing in both ways yeah. that uh, come with all aspects of this. Yeah. You know what they say. What? An attitude of gratitude helps you avoid a catitude. Oh, my God. <laughs> we always, I know attitude of gratitude. I never heard the catitude, though. Catitude, just like a, yeah, a cat, cat attitude. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Since um, we started with kitty litter, I figured we'd end yeah. on yeah. catitude. But, uh, I, I just want to say this at the same time. Uh, maybe this is a non-answer, but at the same time, I will say that I am so, so much happier I can genuinely say this, being ignorant to the things that don't matter to me, like, <laughs> right. like literally like there, when I didn't know that there was the quote unquote war going on what for war? like the Ukraine. Oh, okay. Like I didn't realize that that was a thing until like two weeks into it when someone's like, isn't that war we're in crazy? I'm like, well, I didn't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, much in this same, I'm taking a big idea and trying to make it practical. Of, listen, is everything co-opted? Yes. We're going to do another episode where we t- dive more into the nitty gritty of some more stuff like this. Yeah, but yeah. is everything you consume have an agenda written behind it? Yes. Is more Probably, often than yeah. not, unless it, I'm just going to say this, unless it is explicitly a Christian right wing view, <laughs> unless it's that. It's just evil. Christian. It's, it's satanic. Just Christian. I would say just Christian. Well, yeah. Well, Christianity is right wing. Not, by not, its not always. Not always. Yeah. Well, more or less. But <laughs> we can get into it. Maybe yeah. we'll do an episode on that. But anything that isn't explicitly one of the uh, is just, I assume that's always evil and it's yeah. pushing an evil agenda at the core of it. And by realizing, like, at the end of the day, if, if you're someone that has to consume what's going on, um, I realized that I was overlooking, and this may sound really stupid, but I was overlooking things that actually mattered, like paying attention to, oh, this is what's happening in this world, or this is what some senator is doing about some stuff that doesn't matter. The, the news cycle is going to end in two days. It doesn't matter. Right, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not paying attention. I'm, literally, this was a problem for me when I was very deeply involved in consuming stuff of, of no importance is I neglected people that that are in my life. I wasn't calling my sisters and saying, hey, what's going on in your life? I haven't talked to you in two weeks. Right, yeah. Because yeah. I've been so focused on literally nothing. Right. And I think in the same way that we say, you know, people can get nihilist. Yeah, yeah. You can get nihilistic and blackpilled if you're just like, oh, the world's ending. We're so close to the, you know, the rapture. This is, yeah, it's true. You know, at the end, you know, it's also okay with, with saying, I know we're really close. I don't know the day. That's okay. That's enough for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's okay to just know that we're in the last days. Act accordingly. Yeah. And then that's it. Act accordingly. And what is acting accordingly is 
taking care and paying attention and directing your mind and the creative power, you know, of writing um, or bringing ideas into reality of uh, with things that matter, such as the people around you, uh, the things that you can control. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, relationships that do matter, not some... I'll tell you, the Instagram... <laughs> Every single other Instagram account, obviously not ours because we care about all of our <laughs> listeners, but these big people that you may feel, uh, these influencers on Instagram, I guarantee you these big people, when they, when they reach a certain level, they're all pushing a certain stuff that is, that is nefarious. Yeah, I mean, because it's financial, because it's they get right. Money. There is some yeah. stuff like that. So, like we don't we don't sell anything. We don't. Right. We don't. That's have, why you can trust us. We don't we have lose a, money. We, <laughs> yeah, we, literally, we don't make we don't make money on this thing. We don't we don't we're never going to position it to make money on this thing. No, we never. And we don't want this to be our full time jobs either. Exactly. And, and some people listening are like, I'm really glad because yeah, we're not be good a, at it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, um, yeah. Anyways, so. my, my whole point was yeah. pay attention to people that matter. You know, right. use yeah. And uh, realize that none of these people care about you. These politicians do not care about you. <laughs> Instagram influencers do not care about you. We care about you. That's why we're sitting here talking uh, and telling you that. Yeah. But it's weird. I've made some good, pretty good friends through oh, this yeah, podcast. Oh, so yeah. I, I genuinely say this that I love every listener, but I, I'm just trying to get to the point of pay attention who matters. Right. And it's okay to not be super informed on any, everything. And. If you're interested, read a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. and then come to a conclusion, and then start a be podcast. Okay with it, yeah. <laughs> start a podcast, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, just like everyone else. Yeah, Anyways. I think I got everything out that I want to say. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Is that a good answer to your question? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it was. We went. We did the long way around the barn with it, but I did like it. It was cool. Um. But anyways, yeah, that's cool. We got some. You know, it's. Uh, this is another one of those unplanned. Super unplanned. We have no idea. I did not yeah. know what we were going to even talk about. Yeah. So, and it probably, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it probably came off that way. Some of them are better than others. <laughs> Look, you get what you pay for on this <laughs> this thing. So, anyways, well, we will wrap it at that, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. See you on All at War. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.